Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the podcast where two friends sit down to talk about an album that one has heard prior and the other has listened to for this week. I am Brand. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, welcome to the show. Hello. Weird welcoming the co-host. That was weird, yeah. But <laughs> that happened. I'm going to you're the you're the co-host and guest, I guess. Like, that's how it works. I love it. I love it. I I feel special. And the other follows through when they didn't hear the record. So I guess there is always a head host to episodes. I and... suppose there is. I mean, one of us gets gets more uh gets more talking in every episode. I I guess it's more of like a I guess a captain co-captain situation. Sure, most, I like it. Most yeah. episodes. Although the, the episodes where we're not giving each other records, you're still kind of the captain because I refuse to do the work. Needed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good. I enjoy I enjoy doing uh, research and stuff. Well, I don't have a transition from research, <laughs> but today we are here to talk about uh, a record that is very important to me that I wanted to bring to you for a while, waited this long into our show to do it. We are here to talk about the one, the only Kesha's album, Rainbow. Yeah, a damn near a year since we started this show. Yeah, this is, well, I can't put a number on it because I yeah. don't know when this is coming out. <laughs> so I'm it's, it's close. It's close. But yeah, it's, it's about a year. I think it is about a year it took us to get here. Yeah. Uh, and you have no prior experience with Kesha other than kind of knowing just her loosely about, you know, floating around. Right. Yeah. Super. Like maybe I heard one track of hers before nothing off this record. And then even then it was Kesha with the money dollar sign. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was dance party type electro pop. Yeah. That I was just like, it's cringe cringeworthy for me <laughs> yeah that's fair well i have enough information here that i think you will be well schooled there's the okay. reason i could have brought research in there i guess with the transition you yeah, will be well schooled on kesha by the time we get done with these notes so input wherever you feel necessary here scott all right let's do it kesha rose sebert and i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing her last name wrong i searched frantically and found two <laughs> different 
two different ways to pronounce her last name. And I don't oh. know which one's right. So it's either Siebert or Sebert. Kesha Rose Sebert, formerly stylized as Kesha with the money sign. Yep. yep. Is an American singer and songwriter. Kesha was born March 1st, 1987 in Los Angeles, California. Five years younger than me. Her mother, Rosemary Patricia Pebe Sebert, is a singer-songwriter who co-wrote the 1978 single, Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You, with Hugh Moffat for Joe Sun, and then it was made popular by Dolly Parton on her 1980 album, Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. Wow. Is that right? Yes. Kesha's mother was the co-writer of that song. That's really dope. That's cool. That's super cool. Like, and I will yeah. refer to her mother as Pebe from here on out because that's kind of what Pebe. she goes by. It'll gotcha. be P-E-B-E, Pebe. Yeah, got it. So Pebe, a single mother, struggled financially while supporting herself, Kesha, and Kesha's older brother, Lagan. When Kesha was an infant, Pebe would often look after Kesha while she was performing on stage. So like Kesha would be there while she was on stage doing whatever she needed to do. Oh, wow. Wild. That's a crazy upbringing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pebe moved the family to Nashville, Tennessee in 1991 after securing a publishing deal for her songwriting. She frequently brought Kesha and her brothers to the recording studio and began encouraging Kesha to sing after noticing her talent. Oh, that's cool. It's it's helpful when you have an in already. Yes, you 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 and you, not not just an into music but an into the business side of the music too. Yeah. Yeah. So then fast forward to uh, after it here, th- this was a wild part that I read and I, there was like five citations on it and I, I don't know which, I couldn't figure out which one was the one that said this. So I kind of gave up, but I'm okay. accepting it as truth. Sure. After achieving a near perfect score on her SATs. Whoa. Kesha attended Bernard College, which is an, a, a, an affiliate college of Columbia University. Okay. But she dropped out after three months to pursue her music career. After three months, she's like, college? Nah. Yeah, I got music to take care of. <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. I have this voice. In 2005, at age 18, Kesha was signed to Kimasabi Records. I've never heard of that. She sang background vocals for Paris Hilton's single, Nothing in the World. Oh, God. Uh, you know that was a uh, banger of a track. Oh, you know you loved it. You were there for No, I, I actually... Don't know it at all, but no, just I knowing that did I did I also didn't know Paris Hilton had a music career at all. She did. She did. Um, another fun fact that I saw, I didn't write this down, but I remember it. I remember reading it. Kesha's family, like her mother Pebe, put in for a there was like a an application that went out that they wanted a family to house that what you remember to Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie show The Simple Life? I know it was a thing. They there was like a thing put out of a family to house them in an episode, and Kesha's family was won that opportunity, and Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton stayed in Kesha's house. Oh my for gosh! An episode of The Simple Life that aired in 2005, I think it was. Oh wow, that's <laughs> wild. Was it? Wait, was that post or pre her backup singing for Paris Hilton? I think it was pre. Oh okay. So it that's may have funny. come from that. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I wonder if that had anything to do with that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. In 2008, Kesha appeared in her friend Katy Perry's video for I Kissed a Girl. Oh, man. Okay. I remember that <laughs> song. 
That was like her first big hit, right? Like that Katie was Katy Perry's, Perry's monster hit. She, yeah, that was the hit that got her into Warp Tour. She performed on Warp Tour after that single came out. Did she? I wasn't yeah. at that Warp Tour. It was well, I guess it would have been 2008. Yeah, it was crazy. I met her just walking around. Oh, that's cool. That's always fun. That's the one thing about Warp Tour that was always so great. Like you would just yeah. bump into dudes that were just on stage. Um, also in 2008, she performed background vocals on Britney Spears' track "Lace and Leather." Uh, can't say I know that one. That was when she was uh, Britney Spears was getting more adult, and obviously with a song like "Lace and Leather." Yeah, uh, yeah, you would think so. Kesha would appear on rapper Flo Rida's number one single, "Right Round," in early 2009. I know the hook, but only because it was a different song. <laughs> yeah, it was. Just a <laughs> yeah. Uh, never, I don't think I've ever listened to actual Flo Rida stuff. It was reported that the Flo Rida collab happened on accident. It said that Kesha basically just walked into the recording studio and Flo Rida wanted a female vo- voice on it. And Kesha did it. Man, so many just random things happened to this girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> no shit. And then also it seemed that he liked it so much that he recorded another track with Kesha for that album. Oh, Wow. So she featured twice on one album. But she was not credited for uh, either track, I believe. So even though she was featured on Right Round, trash. he oh. didn't get any money for that number one single. That's gar- I wonder who like made that happen. I don't know if it came from this, but she had also refused to be in the video for Right Round, stating that she wanted to make a name for herself on her own terms. Right, but I don't know. So if I don't you're... know if like she refused the video, and they were like, "All right, well then we're not crediting you." You know, like was it some yeah. bullshit like that? I don't know. I have no idea. That's that's such trash business stuff. I hate that. Yeah. So then, in two thousand nine, after failing to negotiate with Lava Records and Atlantic Records, she signed a multi album deal with RCA Records. Okay. She had spent the last six years working on material for her debut album, having written approximately two hundred songs. Yeah, there's that saying you have your whole life to write your first record. Yeah, you know, and that that happens. Like I remember when I was right when I first started writing songs, I had a I had freaking books of songs that mm-hmm. just weren't good. <laughs> even even the ones that made the record weren't that good. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff written. I probably have like six half actual novels written just because at a certain point I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So her first record animal was certified platinum in the U S and has sold 2 million worldwide by September of that year. Huge. That's quick. The album's lead single TikTok broke the record in the U S for the highest sales week for a single selling 610,000 digital downloads in a single week. I think that's the one I've heard. Probably. Yeah. That 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 definitely turned me off. It's also the highest ever single by a female artist since digital downloads started being tracked in 03. Oh, wow. Good for her. And then it spent nine weeks at number one on the Hot 100. Damn. That's a yeah. huge track. Huge. Track. Huge track. Kesha's deliberately unpolished aesthetic and juvenile stage persona which she described as her personality times 10 quickly made her a deeply polarizing figure with everybody. Yeah. I was on the, uh, 
the nah, I'm good, thanks end of that, that spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> In 2010, her debut album Animal was re-released with a companion EP called Cannibal in which the lead single also went number one. Oh, wow. She's just a chart killer. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, although her second album, which she released November 30th, 2012, Warrior didn't really have big singles. Like, it didn't chart the way that oh, the no. previous record did. No, RCA is not happy about that. Well, in January 2014, Kesha checked into rehab for bulimia nervosa and began to work oh, on her shit. third studio record while in rehab. Oh, man. Now, uh, bulimia nervosa is an eating disorder. Yeah. It has been documented. And I don't I don't I didn't know how much to touch on this. So I do just have a little piece here. Sure. But her mother said that the eating disorder was because of her relationship with um, Dr. Luke, who was the founder of Kimasabi Records and was the producer on her records that he said she had the body of a refrigerator and things like that. And Damn. like made. Yeah. So after she after checking out of rehab, she returned to her birth name, eliminating the money sign from her name. There was actually a story I read where somebody, a friend brought her like a wireless keyboard, like a kid's mm-hmm. keyboard into the rehab for her to use. And oh, yeah. the staff ended up letting her use it because it didn't have cords because they weren't allowed to use anything with cords because of the All right. risk of suicide. suicide watch stuff. Yeah. In October 2014, Kesha sued producer and Kimasabi Records founder Dr. Luke for sexual assault and battery, sexual harassment, gender violence, emotional abuse, and violating California business practices. Oh, damn. The lawsuit went on for about a year, and then Kesha was eventually denied an injunction to be released from her contract. What? A New York Supreme Court justice ruled that, quote, even if the allegations of sexual assault are accepted as true, the five-year statute of limitations had run out on the two most most specific rape cases. Wow, dude. So she was That's basically told insane. She was basically told no, like no, you're 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 under contract and we can't do anything about those rapes because the statute of limitations is over. Holy shit. That is wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to like dive in super deep this but she has said that like she was he had dr luke had drugged her and then raped her on two different occasions and just like myriad sexual harassment sexual abuse like all that stuff jesus christ so moving past that the bad the bad stuff yeah for real she used all that as well as her you know stay in rehab to write her record rainbow rainbow was released august 11th 2017 Gotcha. So before we get into Rainbow itself, let's yeah. talk about what was going on in music in 2017. Let's do it. Other albums released August 2017. I had some trouble here because I, I found a lot of things that I was listening to. Okay. And, a lot, and I was looking through and I was like, I don't know what Scott would have been listening to. <laughs> so there's like one or two things on here that I think you may have listened to, but it's, okay. it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Ooh, this is fun. August 4th, I know I listened to this, the rapper okay. Ugly God put out the booty tape. Nope. Never even I, heard of it. <laughs> it. It's kind of a whole album just about butts. Uh, it, I, I listened okay. to it. Ugly God is a is like a self-deprecating rapper. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It doesn't have a good score <laughs> on the internet, though. Okay. Also, August 4th, weird that this band put out a record in 2017. Quiet Riot put out Whoa, Road really? Rage. <laughs> yeah wow okay yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, 2017, Quiet Ride fans were excited. Yeah, I wasn't one of them. August 11th, so that would be the same time as Rainbow was released, Incantation sure. put out the, the album Profane Nexus. Are you familiar with the band Incantation? Not at all. They are a like technical death metal band that were a huge part of like that first New York death metal scene. Okay. From Johnstown, Pennsylvania originally. Oh wow. Sweet. I I learned that I was there I had a compilation album called Metal for the Masses mm-hmm. and there was an incantation song on there and like in the booklet of those compilation albums it gives you like a bio of the band. Yeah, just a quick little paragraph. And it said from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I said, there's no fucking way. <laughs> and then I spent about two years trying to figure out because this was before I had broad access to the Internet to figure yeah. out if that was true. And then once I had the Internet, I was like, wow, that is true. That, that's yeah. really, really weird. It's really weird. Huh? August 15th, we have Lil Peep put out. Come over when you're sober. Part one. I know it, but I didn't listen to it until you told me about it. Like what? A year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that record. I don't know if I listened to that it when it came out. Either. Part one or it. part two? Part one. I think I liked part two better. Okay, I think I like part one better, but that doesn't mean I don't like part two. I love. Yeah, two. I'd have to listen to them because when you told me about them, I think I just put them back to back. Yeah, probably. I don't think I could separate the two like in my head right now. But if I go back and and look at them, I probably have one that's favored over the other. But I think I liked part. Like when you said that part two came to mind. So I think part two, I liked better. I think part two is a little darker. So I think you would like part two. Yeah. You would like August 17th, brand new, put out science fiction. I actually have never listened to that one because that was post the whole Jesse uh, Lacey situation. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was post that. So I was like, Ooh, I don't think I'll listen to that one. Yeah. I I think, I think brand new fans liked it, but. I, I listened to it and it didn't do much for me. Okay. Yeah, I just uh I I never got into it. I like I I like their older stuff. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, after after all the allegations and things, I kind of was like, ooh, I don't need to listen to new stuff. Next up, August eighteenth, Neck Deep put out the Peace in the Panic. Nope. I've I've never listened to a full project by those guys either, but it, I think in 2017, I was off the pop punk wave. Okay, and they were they like were the, they were like the new coming wave of pop punk, and they were huge. And I just didn't, I didn't catch it. See, I feel like Neck Deep was the pop punk band that made me go, "This isn't my pop punk anymore." Yeah, yeah, like, I it just this, this isn't what I'm into right now. I listened to a few songs, and they just never, I never got into it. Heavy, I, they just didn't do it for me. Yeah, same here. Something I was listening to, though, August 18th, the rapper Lil Debbie with the album OG in my system. Yeah, nope. I am a Debbie huge, at all. huge fan of Lil Debbie. She was with Sean's crew for a while and then broke broke away and did her own thing. I love Lil Debbie still to this day. She tried to do like a an electronica rap album, too, that I didn't love, but I'm back with Lil Debbie, whatever she wants to do, whatever. That's good. August 21st, Ace Hood put out the album Trust the Process. There you go. I know that guy. One of his earlier independent releases, I believe. Okay. August 25th, we have the Internet's first boy band, Brockhampton, put out Saturation 2. 
never listened to a Brock Hampton record at all. Yeah, I think Brock Hampton's on the list. I think Is it? Okay. I think, they're, I think they're on the list. I legitimately thought it was just one dude. By no, it's it's like it. eight or nine dudes. Yeah, I've I've heard that <laughs> afterwards. I was like, whoa, that many dudes? I thought it was just one. Then we have a we have two albums here that were huge, but I don't think for you and I they were huge. Ooh, okay. But once, once I reveal what they are, you'll be like, yeah, those are still being talked about. First, August twenty fifth, we have XXX Tentacion's album seventeen. Nope. Not giant record though. It's still talked yeah. about. People who love him, that record is one of, I mean, I guess he only put out one or two records. I would anyway. say he didn't put out very much, right? And then also August 25th, Lil Uzi Vert put out Love is Rage 2. No. Yeah, not, I know it's not your wave either, but no. I, I've listened, I've at least listened to that one. I, well, no, I listen to XXX album too, but it's just not, it's not really my vibe all the time. So I just don't, it's not really my thing. Yeah, no. Lil Uzi Vert is far from my wave. <laughs> <laughs> also on august 25th i didn't know these guys were still putting records out i thought this may have been one you listened to it okay. is the album villains by queens of the stone age i no, i i listened to one record of theirs and that was only because dave Grohl did the drums on it okay all right that's fair Two more left for albums released to August of 2017. On August 25th, I listened to this thing a lot. Action Bronson put out Blue Chips 7000. I know you haven't experienced an Action Bronson project yet. It's, it's on the list, though. <laughs> and then one that I thought you may have listened to, or you may not know who these guys are, but if you don't, or it might just be one guy. I don't know. We'll find out if you know who they are. August okay. 25th, the album Beast Epic by Iron and Wine. I know of, like, just that name. Like I, I don't think I've ever heard an Iron and Wine record. I don't think I could they're, put them on. They're the like list acoustic guitar, folky rock type stuff, right? I think it's just one guy. I'm, okay. I can't be sure, but I think it's just one guy. Sure. I can't put it on the list because I don't care enough about right. the whole record. But I think yeah. you would enjoy them. Yeah, I think. I don't know what I was on in 2017 in August. We didn't. We didn't hit anything for me. Well, uh, I mean, that was. There might be some on the Billboard charts, so let's let's see. Let's sure, see if we find something here. Let's do that. First up, we got the Billboard 200, so album sales. This would be Billboard 200 week of August 12th, 2017. At number five, we have Damn Kendrick. Oh yeah, okay. You were listening would, to that. I was listening to that for sure. At number four, we have One More Light, Lincoln Park. Yep. That. Oh my God, that one hit hard for me. Well, also, I had to look this up because you'll see some. Actually, no, I'll explain that when we get there. Don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, so next up, at number three, we have Wins and Losses, Meek Mill. Nope. I have never listened to a Meek Mill record. At number two, we have Flower Boy, Tyler, the Creator. The, I wasn't on it at that time, but I've gone back and I love that record. Flower Boy changed the way I saw Tyler. It made him an artist in my mind. As yeah. Opposed to a rap. That's why I went back to that record because a lot of people said that I didn't have, I, I didn't get into Tyler until Igor. Okay. And then that one just blew my friggin' mind. Yeah. Uh, and then I went back to flower boy and yeah, it's super good. And then the number one album week of August 12th, 2017 was lust for life by Lana Del Rey. Nope. Thank you. I, I think if you, if you, 
even half enjoy Lana Del Rey's voice, you would get down with it because it's mm. so sad. It's just sad. <laughs> Lana Del Rey is just the saddest music of all time. I don't know her voice. I don't think yeah, I've that's ever what I heard. Mean. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a song of hers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Hmm. I, I think I'd have to dive more into the albums that I've listened to to see if I care enough to bring one to you. But we'll see how this episode goes yeah. before we do that. How about that? Yeah. Uh, even that Linkin Park record, I wasn't even into that. I, I wasn't even in that vibe. Okay. When that came out, I remember being like, I don't know what I was listening to, but I, I remember listening to something else and then like hearing that Linkin Park put out a new record. I was like, I mean, I love all their other stuff. Got to give it a try. And then liked it a lot. I really, really like it. Um, but I don't even think I was on that vibe. Well, I pulled out two other records off the Billboard 200 that I think you'd be into. At okay. number seven was 444 by Jay-Z. Yeah, it was good. I another That's another one. Like I wasn't super on the Jay-Z vibe, but when it came out, I had to pick it up. And then number eight on the chart, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. When did Chester die? Listen, 171 weeks on the chart for hybrid theory at this point okay. 171 weeks on the chart and chester died two weeks prior to this i think two or three weeks prior to this that is over three years on yeah. the charts yeah yeah the, when we have talked about hybrid theory being a monster of a record that proves it right there 100 percent. i is, saw that number and it even surprised me that it never left the charts like that's crazy one more light was like what their seventh record hybrid theory being on the charts for three years prior to that coming out. That's insane. Meteora was also at like number 20 or something. Also, I'm sure that was on the chart. Yeah, that dude, they're, they're just an amazing band. We do every time we mention it, I say it. Yeah. So I feel like a broken record, but those numbers just prove it. That's insane. So we found a couple things you were listening to, and sure. we kind of already we kind of already discovered that you weren't listening to what was big at the time. So let's run through those quickly. Yeah, with the Billboard Hot 100 week of August 12, 2017, at number five we have Believer by Imagine Dragons. I've never been a big Imagine. Well, I'm not going to say I've never been a big Imagine Dragon. I loved that first record. I think uh, this with, is from their second. Yeah, I, I don't think I've I've heard their second, but that that radioactive track was huge when it came out. It, I think it's still playing on the radio in places. Um, and it just either. sounded, it sounded like something different to me. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. And then yeah. when I listened to that whole record, I was kind of like, Oh, I think I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, It's very formulaic. It's very, I don't want to say it's like in the vein of Nickelback, but like Nickelback knows what they do and they do it over and over and over again kind of the same as the magic dragons like they know what they do and they do it well but they do it over and over and over again it's like nickelback and angels and airwaves had a baby don't say that <laughs> <laughs> so uh at number four on the billboard hot 100 we have i'm the one by dj khaled hmm. nope <laughs> featuring justin bieber quavo chance the rapper and lil wayne there is nothing on that track that is appealing to me Although a Wayne feature doesn't really ever fail. And a Chance feature? I mean, I'm not a big Chance guy. I'm not a big Chance guy. And I, yeah, I guess you're not a Migos guy, so Quavo doesn't really matter to you either at this point. I don't even know who Quavo is, so. One of the Migos. That, okay. He, he's a buddy. Number, he's a friend. At number three, we have That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. I don't know that track. 
Yeah, I was thinking this was the album where you weren't super into Bruno Mars yet. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, no, I was only into Bruno for like two records. Yeah. I wonder what one that was off of because there was, yeah, there was definitely a, a spot where I I jumped off when he got too into himself. <laughs> at at number two, we have Wild Thoughts by, speaking of chart killers, DJ Khaled again. Oh, jeez. Featuring Rihanna and Bryson Tiller. I know Rihanna. Yeah. I, yeah, that's I, where I'm at. I don't, I don't know the tracks either. Yeah, I don't know. that. I've never listened to a full Rihanna project. I don't know who Bryson Tiller is. And mm-hmm. obviously, I've never listened to a DJ Khaled project. But sure. So then number one on the Billboard Hot 100, week of August 12th, 2017. You had to have at least been aware of this song because it honestly was one of the biggest songs of probably the past decade. Oh, Desposito wow. okay. by Louis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. I don't know it. You have, if you heard like, cause it was mostly in Spanish, I believe. Like I think Justin Bieber's part was the only one not in Spanish. Okay. But you, if you heard it, you would definitely know it. It was like a dance track. That would be why I don't know it. I, I, but I, I yeah. no, I mean, it was, it, 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 it broke the record for most YouTube plays ever. It, okay. it was number one on this chart for half the year, I think. Oh, wow. Like okay. it was it was insane. It was on every commercial. It was on every sports game. It was everywhere. It was one of the oh. biggest songs in the decade. You definitely have heard it. Okay. I just don't yeah, just uh, maybe I've heard it and didn't know what it was. Yeah. That's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah. So then a couple more added on here for the Billboard Hot 100. At number 11 we have Congratulations Post Malone. Yeah. Featuring yep. Quavo, by the way. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Number 12, we have Humble by Kendrick. Yeah. Yep. At number 13, Redbone by Childish Gambino. I was not in a Childish Gambino at that time. I know everybody I, loves that track. Like, that's highly regarded, but I, the, it didn't do anything for me. The whole Awaken My Love record is kind of like Tyler's Igor. Like, it made him an artist. Yeah. Much like Tyler's Igor, it doesn't necessarily appeal to me particularly. Gotcha. At number 34, we have Lincoln Park's Numb. And then at number 37, we have Lincoln Park's In the End. So Kill that me. is indicative of Chester has yeah. passed away prior to this, a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. And people were revisiting and blowing yeah. up the Lincoln Park stuff. Yep. And then at number 38, week of August 12th, 2017, we have Praying by Kesha. Oh, well, good for her. Which was the lead single. I mean, it was... Yeah, that was when it came out. So single was doing some chart numbers. That's good. So then uh, we get to this record. We get to Rainbow that was released August 11th, 2017. It's 14 tracks, 48 minutes, 36 seconds. Her third studio record, uh, primarily a pop record, incorporates elements of pop rock, glam rock, neo soul and country pop. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Its lyrical themes range from letting go of the past, finding forgiveness within oneself for past mistakes, self-worth, and female empowerment. It does do that. She assumed an integral role in the album's production, collaborated with several producers, and she is a uh, credited writer on every track except for the one that her mother wrote with for Dolly. Right, yeah. So, Scott, Kesha's <laughs> Rainbow. So, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into the track-by-track track breakdown. Okay. Trek one bastards. Yeah. Just want to say 
that before we get into this, the first time I listened to the record and started writing notes, I had just finished watching uh, Girl in the Picture on Netflix. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's fucked up. (laughs) It's it's, uh, like a documentary about this girl who was kidnapped and it's a whole big thing. So I was in a very vulnerable place listening to this for the first time. Okay, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I guess I'll find out in 10 seconds. You, you will find out in 10 seconds when I start talking about Bastards. Not what I expected from Ke- a Kesha album at all. I love this song. I love the sentiment, and her voice is pretty amazing. Uh, the little bit of country twang that comes through on her voice is a welcome surprise. Uh, it kind of makes me, it makes her more relatable to me. When all the extra instruments come in, uh, it was unexpected, but still pretty good. Very powerful beginning to a record. This track is the sole reason that you got this record given to you. Because the because it opened in a way that I knew would completely flip what perception you have of Kesha to begin with. Yeah, it definitely, like I said, uh, completely unexpected from a quote unquote Kesha record for me. Because prior to this, I had only heard like, I think it was just that TikTok track. Mm hmm. You you may have heard your love is my drug also. That's a possibility, but possibly peeling back the curtain a bit. This record I just randomly threw it on my rotation this month. So then mm. when I was listening to it, I was like, "Yeah, this is the one. Like this is the one I have to give to him." And then that opening track, I was like, "This is this is the way it needs to be done. I need to <laughs> give it." If that's the first song, I think it might, at the very least, loosen up the mortar he has built around himself. <laughs> To let something squeak in between those bricks. So For hopefully sure. something can happen. So I'm glad Bastards did that. Yeah. So then next up, we have Let Them Talk featuring the Eagles of Death Metal. We have had a discussion, I believe, about how we feel about the Eagles of Death Metal. They're neither winged beasts yes. and neither do they play death metal. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of Eagles of Death Metal, but I am a fan of this track. It, it surprised me the way it ramped up right after that first song. Mm-hmm. I, I get a total 80s like rock, almost hair metal vibe from the track. Her vocals are a little buried in the mix, I think, because they were trying to get that big rock sound in it. But it still came through. It's a fun little fuck you kind of track. that grew on me throughout the week. So like the first listen through, I was just kind of mostly surprised by it. Mm -hmm. Um, But throughout the week, it grew on me quite a bit, quite a bit. I'm already more excited for those first two tracks. than I was thought I was going to be this whole episode. So I am just your way, brother. Just you. It's already a success. It's already a success in my in my book, so I, we don't even have to finish. So that's been a nice episode. Um, <laughs> no, uh, speaking of fuck you songs, the next track is "Woman." Yeah, featuring, buddy, featuring the Dap King's horns. You know me; I love horns. You do love horns. Yep, I already love the little studio ad libs they have yeah. in the record. They're fun. It's crazy how she can switch up her musical styles like this. Like she went from country, almost like singer songwriter ballady type stuff with bastards, went to the 
like hair metal 80s rock vibe and then into this kind of like swingy dancey vibe of this song uh it just really surprised me and i really really appreciate how how she's able to do that first listen i really loved the little laugh during the verse she was singing on the second verse yeah however listening through for the week that laugh started to sound forced to me the oh, more man, I, I listen still to love it. it. I, I still love it. I like it, but it goes on for like just a bit too long where <laughs> it made me think like it was scripted kind of. I still love it. It just like I started raising my eyebrow to it like, <laughs> like on Wednesday. Just, <laughs> you just started getting suspicious. I was like, like, you can't. It, nothing could have been that funny, Kesha. Come on. <laughs> The switch up where her vocals have the effects on them th- that kind of are more subdued. Like when they put those effects on, she like it's like she intentionally brings her voice down a notch mm-hmm. that I I didn't really like. I like it when she's like going for it because yeah. her her voice is amazing and it doesn't need effects. Yes, I and. I, I know I've even said that to you before, is that mm. I don't think you realize how good Kesha's voice is. Right. Another reason why you got this record, because there's a few tracks on here where you really, oh, really yeah. get, you know how good of a voice she has. And I knew if I would have brought you, like, her singing TikTok, which is just basically a modulated voice the whole time, yeah, you that's wouldn't not, have caught that's that. That's not it. No, I, yeah. I love it when she uh just just lets loose like when she just mm-hmm. goes for it it's so much better that loop of the laughing at the end drove me nuts <laughs> yeah there there is a couple things that i have like thought about things you might say and a yeah. couple of them do involve repetition i don't the only repetition that got to me on this record as a whole I think like when I wrote these notes, I wrote them at a different time, but uh, that loop of the laughing just, okay. it does not hit like, bro, that okay. didn't need to be there. Like I, it, the whole, the whole vibe of the song is fun. Like it, it is a fun track so yeah. much. So while cutting the grass this week, I was singing out, I'm a motherfucking woman. It, like, it's so good. yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So like that little, what like maybe five seconds of the (laughs) that didn't need to be there (laughs) that's fair that's fair but i i I appreciated the song a lot like yeah it was good i'm i'm glad and it is a super empowering song like i feel empowered by it and i'm not a woman at all like i said bro i was cutting the grass (laughs) yeah and i was singing that shit out like it would yeah i love it so much i love it so much moving on to track four him This feels like it belongs on a playlist with Post Malone. The vibe from this track feels like it could be like in in that same area. I I don't want to say genre because who knows what the hell that genre is. But uh, that same realm, it feels like if we die before we wake, who we are is no mistake. Hit me hard while listening to this track. It's just an amazingly powerful line especially playing off the childlike like prayer when you go to bed type thing. You know, if I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. I loved it when she switched that up. Uh, Seriously, this song 
brought tears to my eyes. Oh, I, I love this song. This, I mean, I guess I'll peel the curtain back. This is probably my favorite song on the record. I love this song so much. This is also my number one song. Yeah, I, I it, it, it honestly, it fits in with the record, but it's also yeah. so good. It almost doesn't fit in with the record. Yeah, yeah. I love the ooze with the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Like the way she she turns her voice into an instrument that like harmonizes with the guitar is fantastic. For real, I got choked up uh, with how beautiful this song is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, I, I I love it. It's it's so gorgeous, like the whole way through. Yeah, even I would never think a song that says "Backseat of the Hyundai" would be that good, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it it works. It yeah. fits and it works. Like it just shows how good of a songwriter she is, and you know the people she surrounds herself with too. Yeah, uh, it's one of those songs. Like I feel like it was written for me. I felt the same way, and yeah, yeah that's that's perfect. Yep. Moving on to the fifth track, "Praying," and it was actually originated from Ryan Lewis. You're familiar with Ryan Lewis, right? Uh, was he the Macklemore guy? I believe like, didn't so. you do stuff with Macklemore? Yep, I believe Macklemore and Ryan Lewis were the ones that won that Grammy. The heist, yeah, over Kendrick, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, so Ryan Lewis met up with Kesha and like they had ideas for a song and then they ended up working together to put out Praying, which became the lead single and kind of set the table for what this album was about her like finding herself and forgiveness and dealing with everything yeah. she's done. It was the, I, I urge you to, even though you've listened to the song a bunch already, watch the video too. The video is, is gorgeous. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched any of the videos, but yeah, she really, th- this is another song that showcases how beautiful her voice can be. She hits a note in this thing that I didn't know humans could hit. That super high pitched. Yeah. Like higher than Mariah Carey can sing. <laughs> yes, like Ariana Grande high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I love it when her voice is just raw. Uh it reminds me of a slower like pink song, which not knowing that it was the single, uh yeah. I can see it being the single. You can just feel like she's been through some shit on this song. And I gave you like a touch of what it was, but Yeah, yeah. I that's when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, okay. I I get where this record is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you find your peace falling on your knees is a really powerful statement to make. And it shows a lot of growth and maturity. I think Uh, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of strength to take the steps to move, to, to move on like this. Like it, it's there's a running theme for my notes and I've said it in a couple tracks so far. A lot of these songs are just powerful. Yeah. Like you just feel it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like you could tell how Kesha was changed by not just rehab, but like everything that's happened to her. It's it, like this record's the culmination of everything that has happened. Yeah, even without knowing any of that uh, mm-hmm. before, I get I can see where all that came into play on this record. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, yeah, super powerful. So then, moving seamlessly, basically into the sixth track, "Learn to Let Go." Not gonna lie, the way she says "victim" and "resentment." kind of bugged me <laughs> but, <laughs> but as as like other things with this record throughout the week i just started singing along and not caring <laughs> yeah the song is one of those that makes you deal with heavy subject matter but have a smile on and bob yeah. your head while you listen it's it's just a bop it's a bop but dealing with 
heavy shit. Yeah, which is what you could say life is a bop that you just deal with heavy shit, right? Like, <laughs> I like it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the surface, so life then, is good, but you have to deal with a lot of shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then moving on to the seventh track, Finding You. More country music flavor on this one with the with the acoustic at the beginning. Uh, I love how much she switches up song to song. The way she's able to uh, manipulate the wrong word, but the way she's able to switch to switch it up genre and styles uh, is just amazing to me. And it's keeping it like fresh with each song. Mm -hmm. Like you're not getting the same song over and over again. And what a great love song that doesn't sound like a typical love song. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, I would have definitely put this on an anniversary CD for Emily. Uh, I know (laughs) we've talked about them before, but this definitely would have been on one. Had I been listening to it and making her those CDs at the time, Kesha shows off a super strong vocal range on this track. It's honestly pretty amazing. She goes from lower lows than I thought she would be able to get and hits these beautiful highs uh, in her voice on this track. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I think if there's anything Kesha can be described as it's uh, kind of unconventional, like everything she does is, you know, exactly what she wants to do, whether that's conventional or unconventional. And usually it's unconventional. Yeah. So moving on to the eighth track, Rainbow, produced by Ben Folds. That's awesome. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't think we've ever talked about it, but I'm a big Ben Folds fan. We haven't. I know Ben Folds basically from like jokes that stand-up comedians make, and he popped up in an episode of New Girl once. Like That's basically all I know about Ben Folds. I've seen him four times live. Yeah, I, I couldn't name one Ben Folds song. I will bring you a Ben Folds record. <laughs> I, I'll I'll have a hard as hell time picking one out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, oh man, have you have you heard Ben Folds Five at all? No, that's what I mean. Like Ben Folds, Ben Folds Five, no, okay. nothing. I I like know what Ben Folds Five is, and I know who Ben Folds is, but I couldn't one thing. Okay, nope. uh, knowing that he had anything to deal with this song. I don't think it could make it better, but that that's awesome. That's a cool little fact. My notes for this song. Bro, I'm so speechless as to how empowering this track is. Honestly, it's such a helpful and beautiful sentiment. The singer-songwriter vibe with just the piano and her vocals is so moving, and the soaring that happens towards the end feels so freeing. Like you're flying in a night sky with her to a better place. And when you come back down with a singer-songwriter band vibe at the end, it feels like you're in a group hug with friends. Do you think that you should watch more kidnapping documentaries before you listen to record that? <laughs> I, think th- I think this was a one-time special <laughs> feeling type crazy. The, plan- the planets aligned. Dude, yeah. This is another song that even, wow, even thinking about it right now, I'm getting misty eyed. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't tell because my camera is terrible. But yeah, like like my my eyes are swelling up a bit. If she had at one point said boy instead of girl. <laughs> You'd have been done. That, that would have been like, I would have been like, she is in my soul. Like <laughs> on this song. Because like, uh, like. Many teenagers, I started off black clothes. I'm still really in that in that fashion uh, sense. But 
being in that kind of emotional state as a teenager and thinking uh, that everything was just darkness, opening up to colors and the happy and all that in life was difficult for me. It still is. I'm a very pessimistic person. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get you there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like this, this song has an incredible meaning for me. Mm-hmm. Incredible. This is, uh, you've talked about it on different records that I've given you. This is a big, big throne song for me. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah. it's unreal. 100%. And the fact that it's the title track of the record is also a it's big huge. Part. Yeah. Like usually title tracks aren't this emotionally vulnerable and open. Yeah. Uh they're usually like the I don't know, kind of like the hook that grabs you usually. They try to make it fun and yeah, everything uh give you a sense of what the record should be about. This does that but only because this record is so open and powerful. Like this isn't the fun song. No. <laughs> no, it is sure is not. <laughs> Uh, Before we get into the next track, Hunt You Down, I wrote down, this record is doing something to me. Obviously. Because just talking about it right now, I'm crying. Uh, It it did a lot for me. Like, it took me to a place that I didn't know I was going to go or that I needed to be. I mean, let's before this or like a week after this record came out. No, it would have been two, two weeks before this record came out. I was listening to Ugly Gods, the booty tape. <laughs> right, so, right, right. Like, I really went on a journey to get yeah. to this record. And being a fan of Kesha and then having her open me up to these sounds, and this isn't what she was putting out. And it was, it is so heartfelt. It is so meaningful. And it does, it's also like as specific and personal as it is to her. It's also like a lot of it is also very relatable is not the word I'm looking for universal. It's very universal in a lot of the feelings and emotions too, but she's also presenting it in a way that makes it feel like, yes, it's universal, but that doesn't minimize that you are going through it yourself also. Right. Yeah. It's very, um, it's, it's very kind of therapeutic, which is like you can, after you told me she was in rehab, writing some of these songs, like you get Mm -hmm. that therapy vibe, but it's wild how it feels like a therapy session for me yeah. instead of for yeah. her. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So moving on to the next track, Hunt You Down. Yeah, this is almost a Johnny Cash ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. Uh, it's a fun little love kind of like not really a revenge track, but like I, I just I think it's fun. Yeah. Like this is. I think this is the most fun we've had on the record so far. And, and I love the, like the Johnny cash feel of it. And then the way she said, walk the line, which is Johnny cash reference. I I loved that. It was a cute little nod. And I love how she's like, I love you, but if you fuck around on me, I'm going to kill you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I loved that. And I love the, uh, I never hurt nobody, never buried a body, never killed no one. Mm-hmm. I I loved that too. Like I never buried a body. Most people haven't. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Kesha for that. But um, yeah, this one like I needed it. Yeah. After I, the, I don't know the heaviness of Rainbow. 
like looking at the track list, I don't know what else you could have put after it. Like, I don't know how you would have dismounted out of rainbow into a different track. I mean, it's much like all these tracks, like every track complements and takes you the direction you need after the previous track. It, like you could tell the amount of thought put into this track list. Yeah, that usually when we when we talk about it, when we hit those heavy songs that we love off of records, the next track is usually forgotten about. Yeah. Uh, no matter no matter how good or powerful they are. Yeah, that's a big deal for me. It always happens to me. Yeah, but the follow up to Rainbow being "Hunt You Down" was perfect. Like uh, going back and looking at it, if you had put any other song after Rainbow, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Yeah. Or when we get further into the track list, a couple of these songs could have been there, and I could have forgotten about them, and it would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to track Speaking 10. Of. Moving on to track 10, Boogie Feet featuring the Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, not a not a not a fan of this song. This is exact I'm gonna shake my butt, and that's a guarantee. I fucking love that. So yeah, much. this is exactly what I thought a Kesha record was going to sound like. Okay. This one takes me out of the vibe I was really enjoying being in. I really didn't need this track at all. I forget which record we were talking about, but we talked about this. It was a song that I could see being played in Hocus Pocus where the the parents were dancing in the gym and couldn't stop dancing. Yeah. This is another one of those songs. <laughs> Are you okay. scared of my boogie feet? God, no, stop. No, I'd be fine. I'd be fine dancing to my death with this track. I love yeah. it. I'm a fan. I don't. I Yeah. Nah. I got enough out of you already. You can show on the rest of the record if you need to. Yeah. Next, uh, <laughs> next track is track 11. It is Boots. Uh, this one feels like a slight return to where we were before Boogie Feet, but I'm still not quite back in it yet. It's another track that I would have thought a Kesha record sounds like. Not really my vibe. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was just the like the I think I think it was the I have boys in every country code line that I was like, mm -hmm. oh, God, OK. <laughs> like i don't i don't like it when dudes do it and i I don't like it when chicks do it either like i don't need to hear how many bodies you have like it's it's not something I need. <laughs> so moving on to track 12 we talked about it a tiny bit just when i was introducing you to who her mother was and everything yeah. it's old flames can hold a candle to you featuring dolly parton i so i didn't know it was featuring dolly parton and okay. I said, a Dolly Parton feature? This song needs to go hard. <laughs> and it, it feels like it's actually a Dolly Parton song featuring Kesha. Yep. Which is really funny because what that's you what told me about the song, that, that's basically what it is. Uh, like, it feels like it was written by Dolly. Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, and she got Kesha to, to sing on it for her. Uh, I really, really dig it though. Like, and and even more so after you told me the story behind it, mm -hmm. I, th I think that's so cool that you put it on this record. I think it's super awesome that Dolly's on it, uh, yeah. and I really appreciated the fact that Kesha let Dolly get the last note in. Oh, obviously, yes, <laughs> yes. Like it just so before I knew it was actually something Dolly recorded before. Uh, mm -hmm. It just shows respect for what's come before, like the history and and like Dolly's just so huge, yeah. As as, a, as an entertainer, 
as a songwriter. She's just a celebrity. Yeah, she's just and and and, and it is a and as a human being, she's really great. Like you never hear anything bad about Dolly Parton. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a reason because she doesn't do any shady shit. Like she's just an upstanding person. Um, and to like, to, to have her uh, finish up with that little vocal uh, at the end there. I loved it when they were both doing it. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, both their vocals together blew me away but then to have dolly just finish it off with that little vocal was fantastic and i really i really appreciated the amount of respect that was shown to her absolutely yeah, I, super cool i only learned that that was written by her mother and doll it was eventually made famous by dolly when i did research for this so i didn't know that the whole time listening to this oh that's before. cool yeah so it was very cool to be like wow and i knew her mother was a songwriter though but i just didn't know like that like one right yeah so then next up we have check 13 godzilla yeah uh this sounds like a cute little song like some someone at an after school program would play for kids and like all the kids would be sitting crisscross applesauce in a circle and they'd all be singing along about Godzilla. But I feel like it's got deeper meaning mm-hmm. like to a relationship that she might've had. Like when she said he steals half my fries, I want to punch that dude in the face for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just your, your lack of carbs talking right now. That's what <laughs> it, it could be. But no, like, uh, I don't know. It was a cute little track. Yeah, I believe um, this might have been the only other track on the record other than Old Flames that Ketchel wasn't a co-writer on. Doesn't look like she's in the credits. Oh, okay. Right. But her mother wrote it. Oh, all right. So then we have the closer, track 14, Spaceship. More kind of country vibes, which is really surprising to me. Like, overall, like, I, di- I didn't think... She- I didn't, first off, I didn't know her mother's background as a songwriter. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know she wrote songs for Dolly Parton, which also explains kind of the country vibe. I just did not expect that from a Kesha record. I, I love this song, too. This world is a garbage fire. <laughs> I think we all just need to jump on a spaceship with Kesha and go back to where she's from, because it's got to be more beautiful than this. I love the sentiment behind this song. I, I probably didn't need the spoken word part at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't like as much as I like her singing voice, her speaking voice gives me like Valley girl vibes. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, not that you ruined the song, but I didn't need that spoken word part, but I appreciated the words that were coming out of her mouth. Also kind of like not really clean up, but on the whole, I really appreciate how vulgar Kesha can be without being obscene. Yeah, that's a which yeah, is, I didn't I never thought about it in that way. Yeah. It's kind of a thing that happens in in music, especially recently with female artists where it feels like the vulgarity is forced because you have to put out something that makes people talk. I really appreciate how she writes curse words into her songs and it feels organic yeah where it just feels like i'm talking to you yeah like i'm just talking to a friend 
and the way we talk, you know, fuck just comes out or shit just Mm -hmm. comes out. It feels like that. The only time that I felt like it was a little bit of forced was maybe in woman. But even then it was just fun. Like I I just loved how it came out. It's weird to say that that's a powerful thing, but I think that's a really powerful move for this record too. Shying away from the obscene, but keeping the organic. I mean, our our generation grew up swearing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it just, it feels like that. It just feels like it's just her talking. Yeah. Agreed. Like a normal person. And I, I loved it. I, I loved it. Yeah. So just a tiny bit of cleanup on Rainbow. It it ended up going number one on the Billboard charts. Fantastic. It, it was there for it. one week, uh, the week of September 2nd. But then it also spent 34 weeks on the chart. It Good. is certified gold in America, gold in mm. Canada. And at the year end, it was 115 on the Billboard 200 year end charts. Fantastic. It should have been higher. It was 65 in U.S. album sales on the year end charts. And fifty nine on the U.S. current album sales charts, which I guess that means like albums released that year. Maybe I don't know. Mm, Billboard okay. has so many different like so many charts. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, so many charts. So then, Scott, what's your top three? We already talked about both of our top three being him number one. So what's your number three and your number two? Not gonna lie, I went back to cheating. I have a top <laughs> five. I'll take cheating for this. I don't care. I have a top five. Uh, number five. Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You. That okay. was even prior to knowing the background of it, which makes it even cooler to me. Mm-hmm. Just loved it. I love the chemistry between Dolly and Kesha. Knowing now, I really love the fact that her mom wrote that. Yeah. Like yeah. that is, yeah, that's, yeah, that adds a whole another layer to it. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four bastards it just surprised me so much that and i, I, I needed it to i needed yeah. it to surprise it, you and it did it did it did what you intended it to do Good. uh it brought me into this record soft and easy but in a completely different way that blew my mind about who kesha was because mm-hmm. all i knew about kesha was dollar sign kesha yep and that was just one track so it, and it did not appeal to me <laughs> This this was an artist I was worried about getting a record from you. Yeah, I knew I knew and I I knew this would be the one that if if it would work, if if I could manage to wield this record like a sniper rifle, I would be able (laughs) to get it done properly. And I I think I accomplished it. You definitely got me in your crosshairs on this one. Um, (laughs) Number three, finding you. Okay, I I love it's been a conversation between emily and i about like what happens after death of course but mm-hmm. also the i i say it to her all the time i love you forever like you're my person you know and that that sentiment of no matter what happens after this life i'm finding you in the next it means a lot yeah. uh so finding you is my number three number two is rainbow we talked about it I cry, crying again. It's such a fantastic song, throne song for me. And then my number one is him, just like yeah. you. Amazing, just amazing, amazing. My my number three would probably be Rainbow, also. And then my number two would probably be Praying, just because 
for for what bastards was to you praying yeah. was to me because praying was the first kesha track off this record that i heard because i was in the single and it changed my view on what kesha was even though i liked the prior view i had of kesha it was sure. like oh no this is different this is something i still to this day every time i hear praying i still get chills like it still gives me chills when i listen to praying oh, okay I, and, I mean i i liked it i liked it a lot yeah um, watch but, the video watch the video yeah. for praying i'll have to do that because uh, you talked about like going to Kesha's home planet or whatever you said, and yeah, I think at the praying, end with spaceship, yeah, praying will give you a little bit of that feeling. I think. Gotcha. So we made it through the record. We, I was able to wield this thing like a expert samurai wielding a katana around. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Those spot Kesha's rainbow throne, own phone, or grown. Uh, it is an easy own. If I could find it and afford it, uh, but it is it, like on the precipice of throne. Okay, so it's on the it's in between. Honestly, if Boogie Feet wasn't on this record, it would be an easy throne. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I still dig that song though. So yeah, that's, no, that's like where it picked me up, I guess. That and that's great. It's, it, I mean, that song for people who probably liked Kesha before this record would probably really, really dig that song. Yeah. It just didn't really do anything for me. It took me out of it completely. Yeah, if I ever see it out in the wild or even see it on Discogs for maybe like 40 bucks, I'll pick it up. It, it's 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 amazing. It yeah. really, really is. And it, it surprised the hell out of me. And I love it. So, oh, I know you're not going to go backwards into Kesha's discography. No. So will you listen to her next record? You bought The High Road. It is similar to this. If it's similar to this, if you, you saying that it's similar to this to me, I will check it out. Yeah, it's not Kesha Dollar Sign. Kesha Dollar Sign's dead. It's still Kesha. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's actual Kesha. Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely check it out. Does it have the same emotional impact as this one does? I don't think. I mean, I think you might find it. Okay. But because there was so much into this one and like I knew a lot of the what she was going through prior yeah but I mean High Road is still a, a fairly emotional record I'd say okay uh yeah I'll check it out uh I I really really surprised by this one I really love it I, it's fantastic yeah it's 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 amazing amazing I believe Kesha was the head executive producer on Rainbow. Like it was her first record that she did that. Oh, okay. And then she's she's also the executive, the, the only, the sole executive producer on High Road as well. Oh wow. Okay. So it's just a it's just a Kesha project. Yeah, yeah. It says like musically, High Road is primarily a pop, country, and classic rock record. Although it encompasses a variety of genres, including dance pop, folk, electro pop, synth pop, trip pop, electro, EDM, trap, dream pop, hip hop, and gospel. There's a few words in there that uh, I know there are that scare me off. <laughs> yeah, no, there there will definitely be more boogie feet situations on it. Okay, like there will definitely be some songs where you I will absolutely not like them. I know for a fact there's a gotcha. few tracks that you will not like at all. <laughs> sure, <laughs> at all. But I think the fact that you listened to this and there was only yeah. one track that bothered you, yeah. I think you have enough like quote unquote cash appreciation that you could get through the ones that you didn't like. Sure. Um. So that being said, that was this wasn't the only thing you were listening to this week, Scott. What else were you listening to? Uh, I was listening to. The new record uh, by the Flatliners called New Ruin. Um, Flatliners, they're um, 
a punk band. They're on Fat Records. Dude has a really gravelly voice, but knows how to wield it properly. <laughs> it's what I needed <laughs> to deal like in order to deal with the emotional severity of Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just needed something to kind of take me out of it and put me in my like punk rock happy place mm-hmm. after uh, after crying in the corner <laughs> yes. uh, during Rainbow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's super good. Um, I, I really, really liked it. What were you listening to? Mine actually stems from this podcast a bit. Not this episode in particular, but the podcast. Uh, When I'm working at the comic shop, I edit there when I have time and the opportunity. I was editing our Endless Mike episode, I believe. And so I was also listening to Endless Mike as I was doing that. Somebody came in, asked who they were because they said they liked it. They liked the sound. They said it's folky. It's punky. They like it. Yeah. I told them about them. They wrote it down. And then it was a it was a like a guy and his dad were both in there. And his dad said, well, because you're tra- you're given that. He's like, I'll, I'll tell you this. He's in a band, too. And and then the kid, I, I mean, he probably wasn't a kid. He was probably 25. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like yeah. he probably wasn't a kid. But he was like, yeah, we, we kind of sound similar to this. He's like, we're, we're like punky and maybe not as quite as folky. He's like, but, we're, you know, we're local, too. He's like, you want to check me out? And uh, wrote down the information. I downloaded the record and I just I didn't listen to it for a while. It just mm-hmm. wasn't like I, there was other things that I was listening to. But I eventually got around to it. The album's called Letters for Emily. Oh, OK. And the name I'm of down the record, already. The name of the record is the well, not the it's just Bad Luck Lover Boys. OK. And I dug it. I, I thought it was pretty, pretty fucking good. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. Sure. I, I I urge you that if you're going to listen to it, don't compare it to Endless Mike. That's just gotcha. not going to be a good thing. That's not the comparison. You don't want to do that. I don't gotcha. know if any band wants that, especially songwriter rise. But yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good, especially for a local band. I was excited. I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm glad there's dudes doing this. Like it was cool. It was cool as hell. I, I appreciate yeah. it. And I'm glad I listened to it. So Neat. it's uh, Letters to Emily by Bad Luck Lover Boys. Cool. I've got all that out of the way. I'm, yeah. I'm just... I'm just relieved and excited you like this record. That's all I care about, really, I'm being honest. I really, really dug it. Like, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's one of the favorite ones of mine now that you've given me for this podcast. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I'm excited about that. I'm glad we didn't go, like, four straight groans through these episodes because it could have been rough. We, we, we'd have had a, a group of groans if this would have been a groan. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a rough run. Yeah, it's been a rough month. What are we listening to next week, Scott? So we actually have a recommendation uh, from a friend of mine. We've figured out a way, or no, no, I'm not going to say we. He has figured out a way <laughs> for us to to have the two of us come into something completely new. Uh, my friend Chris, I've known him since school, uh, great friend. He comes over every couple weeks with uh, uh, two of my other friends, Rachel and Laura. Uh, we watch movies uh, kind of similar to what we do with the podcast. We do it with movies. So mm-hmm. we have a list of movies that one of us or multiple of us have not seen. We watch that and talk about it a little bit afterwards. Yeah, so, so great friend. Um, he has decided that he will do the research for us. On, Perfect. on this record. So we get a break from research for a week. 
he has recommended that we listen to the butthole surfers electric larry land that's the name of the record electric larry land all right i'm i'm slightly familiar with the butthole servers only one of their songs is one i know it's called pepper uh it's actually on this record I don't think I can name a song, but like I am familiar with the butthole servers and I don't know why. So we may find out maybe pepper is a track. I know I don't know, but I'm super excited to get a, to get a recommendation uh, and to have found a way to, to make that work for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super stoked. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to be honest. The name of the band has always turned me off. So I I don't, I got to go into it without that. That might be why I never, dove into them like yeah very deep like i i've mm-hmm. only listened to that song pepper and then just never went further than that yeah uh so we'll see what happens i'm i'm excited yeah. i'm always excited to listen to something new because then you end up with kesha rainbow sometimes i want to say me too but there are definitely some things that you've given me that i wasn't necessarily excited about yeah. and then it kind of Proved me right, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at AOLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Follow, nope, join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Other than that, just, oh, yeah, what, what did you, what did you, what was the thing? Just review us and say they're not horrible. Yeah. Just give us a review yeah. and you don't even say anything positive. Just say they're not horrible. Yeah, I like Which, that. I, I accept it. That, that makes me feel great. Oh, I'm good with it. That that's fantastic review. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, tell tell somebody about us, ice cream man. Tell an ice cream man about us. It's summer, right? It is about well, that it's time. Fall. It's almost, almost the end fall, of summer. Yeah. It's almost fall, but there's still ice cream men out there. They're still out there. Do they collect unemployment? Maybe they turn into food truck uh, operators in the off season. Just Schwann's men. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for bringing this record to me. Brother, I I love it. Thank you for enjoying it. I adore this record. This record's a throne record for me. It's one of my favorite records of all time. If I'm ever feeling down or something, I I go back to it. Like it it helped the therapy situation. I think I think that's what it is. It really does help me. I can't tell you how many times I actually listened to it this week. I listened to this more than any other record you've given me, I think. That's awesome. If if you listen to it and you had an opinion, set let us know on Twitter. Let us know on the Facebook group. Let us know in the email. I don't care. But yeah. just know that Kesha, if you only know Kesha as the money sign Kesha, yeah. the pop Kesha, that's not Kesha. That is no, a version of it. Kesha. Yeah, she you has, need to listen has, to Rainbow. She has blossomed into a different artist and human being. But other than that, Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Uh, thank you, brother. And are you listening? Are you listening? I listen to this more than any other record you've given me, I think. I don't think I can differentiate. Ooh, that was the word. It's like Nickelback and Angels and Airwaves had a baby. I'm a motherfucking woman. I think we all just need to jump on a spaceship with Kesha and go back to where she's from because it's got to be more beautiful than this.